Hey, welcome to Plant Yourself. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Two quick announcements before we get to today's show. If you're interested in becoming a health coach, I'm offering another run due to popular demand for people who can't make 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, Eastern Time. So we're doing another run of the program, which will meet the practicums will meet at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, Eastern Time U.S., which means if you're in Europe or Africa, uh, that might be good for you. Also, if you're in the US and evenings aren't good and you have free time in the mornings, either 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or 10 to 1130 Eastern, then you can participate. If you want to find out more about becoming a wicked effective health coach, you can go to wellstartcoach.com. Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer, whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com, the big change program and wellstarthealth.com. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live an adventuresome and ambiguity tolerant life. My guest today, Jeff Seal, is a comedian, a documentarian, an adventurer, and an undercover clown operating out of New York City. I discovered him through my son, Elon. Uh, Jeff is one of Elon's favorite YouTube artists, and Elon shares some of his videos with me. And I love how he points out the absurdity, the hilarity, and the injustices of life through art and comedy. And I was particularly struck by Jeff's videos on dumpster diving and train hopping, because both share a common theme, finding freedom by questioning assumptions about what is and isn't okay to do in what, let's face it, is a consumer society, and we're supposedly we're free to do or be whatever we want, but where our freedoms are really undermined by our unthinking obedience and our unquestioning acceptance of rules and norms. And both dumpster diving and train hopping really contradict those norms in kind of a big way. So I reached out to Jeff partly to learn something from his experience and skill in educating his audience through humor, vulnerability and art, but also because I was really drawn to his spirit and I wanted to see how I could infuse my work with more creativity, more humor, more adventure and more vulnerability. And this conversation turned into one of my favorites. We also recorded it on video, so it's also up on YouTube, and you can find a link in the show notes, which will be at plantyourself.com slash 286. Before we get to the interview, one quick announcement, and that is the WellStart Coach Training, which has been a big success, has been extremely gratifying. We've, we're taking about 40 people through the program right now. We're going to do a second run. We've learned a lot. We've made a lot of improvements. And the goal is in 12 weeks to have you ready to coach other people on their way to health and wellness and a good diet and a good lifestyle. And there's a lot of coaching programs out there. And over the next several weeks, I'll be sharing uh, what our participants, what the uh, folks who've been through the program say about it and why they think it's different and maybe more useful for them than some others out there. But for right now, I just wanted to get it on your radar that sometime in October, so in the next six weeks, we'll be beginning another run. If you're interested in finding out more about it, just email me 
at Howard at WellStartHealth.com. Let me know a little bit about yourself, um, why you're interested in the coach training. I'll get you on the notification list. And in a couple of weeks, you should start seeing some more details about that. All right, that's enough of that. Let's get to today's show. So without further ado, Jeff Seal, welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, so you are one of my favorite uh, YouTubers. and. Awesome. And the, the, the reason I love your work is that ev everything you do reminds me of some assumption that I've made about normal or reality or what's OK that uh -huh. that you're you're kind of poking a hole at in. Oh, um, cool. Nice. And you do it as a, as a documentarian and as a comedian. So you have a certain amount of license that right. I, I, I envy. I don't know if I should envy it or just emulate it because, like, there's no reason I can't do it, too. Sure. Why not? Um, so I'd love just start by like your story. Like, how did you get into uh, into this world and what's what sort of drove you? Right. I mean, so, yeah. So, like, I've always uh, been into comedy. Like, I, I wanted to be uh, a comedian since I was a kid. Basically, um, I started I started doing improv in high school and then um, continued it in college. And then um after college, I went to clown school in San Francisco. Oh, which one? Uh, the San Francisco Circus Center, or it was the Clown Conservatory at the San Francisco Circus Center. Okay. Yeah, so it was like a year-long program. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like because I was—I've always been into physical comedy, and um, I, I actually—I studied mime um, for a while in in college. I, I did like. Uh, a semester in Paris and was taking a mime class. And then after the semester ended, I sort of stayed and continued doing mime and working there. Uh -huh. uh, and then, so I, yeah, I went to class basically also in college. I got really into, um, Chaplin movies. I really like Charlie Chaplin. Uh, -huh. uh, I like silent comedy. And, um, and then I read waiting for Godot <laughs> And like, you know, they're basically two tramp clowns in, in many ways. And, and Beckett was like um, <clears throat> influenced a lot by the circus and the music halls and all that. So, um, uh, yeah, I really like that. And then I found out about the clown conservatory. So I decided to do that. Huh. See, that's, um, I'm finding this hilarious because I did a semester of mime in college I, oh, cool. I thought about clown school. I, I would I would watch. I, I forget the name of the film, but Chaplin's on a boat and he does this thing with the plates and he like spins like a dozen yeah. plates. And I would, I would practice that. Yes, and we and, did that. Yeah. And when it came time to like, like, I love this. Like I went mm -hmm. to uh, Edinburgh Fringe and yeah. with, with the clown, with the with the mime troupe and hung out with them and played mime games and improv. And when oh, it wow. came time to. Like bite the bullet. I'm like, what? You know, a nice Jewish boy is not going to waste waste his education in clown school. And I feel like, you know, yeah. like there was something that you had, whether right. it was boldness or an imperative, that somehow right. I, I I didn't follow through on. Well, a, a lot of nice Jewish boys decided to go into comedy. Uh, <laughs> I definitely wasn't the first. But um, which what was the mind trip you went with? It was just uh, at my college, Princeton University. My, okay. you know, it was we 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 take classes and we'd learn how to do the talks and pull and be in the box, 
And, totally. and it was like more fun than anything I was doing. And yet there was huh. still this voice in my head saying, this isn't, this isn't worthy of you, you know? Totally. totally. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like, um, my growing up, my dad was always telling me and my brother, he's like, you know, you guys need to get a skill. You have to have a skill that you can market and you'll always be able to get a job or whatever. And then, so, you know, I majored in English literature and then I went to clown school. Like, uh, neither of those are very marketable skills, you know, but like I have a, a specific memory. I remember being in clown school, balancing on a, um, a rolling globe. It's just a big wooden ball and juggling pins and being like, this is a skill. <laughs> I don't know how marketable it is or if it'll get me a job, but it's definitely a skill. Um, but yeah, what was the other thing I was going to say about that? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, I mean, did you have a plan? Like, you know, like, did like, were you paying for it yourself? Or you saying, Hey dad, I have this great idea about my career. It involves, you know, a three foot high wooden ball and, and right, juggling right. Well, you, both my parents, they've been, you know, really cool and supportive about me wanting to do, to go into comedy or whatever. Um, the clown school, there was like work trade. So you could pay for, um, part of it, uh, through like, you know, doing work trade. Um, so that, um, you know, helped a lot paying for it. Um, but yeah, both my parents were, you know, they were supportive of it for sure. You know, I mean, uh, it's also kind of, I, I think I'm probably a little bit younger than you and it's like, you know, with each generation, it's like our grandparents, you know, they are great grandparents, like, you know, worked for nothing so their kids could enter the middle class and then that generation worked hard so then their kids could become doctors and lawyers and then the next generation you know decided to like become poets and improvisers you right. know what i'm saying so i'm sort of of that generation where we're had the luxury to make you know, stupid decisions would be like, this is what I want to do with my life. I'm going to go to clown school, you know? Right. But I bet a lot of the people who influenced you were the ones who really disappointed their families, right? Oh, I'm they, sure. I, yes. You know, like who, who are some, who are some of the people who you watched and said, I want to do that? Um, well, like Chaplin was a big one. Um, in high school, I was obsessed with Jim Carrey. Um, and, you know, he has his whole story about like his dad wanted to be his dad was like a jazz musician, but had to stop doing it because he had to support a family. And so he was sort of able to live, uh, you know, his dream in a way that his dad couldn't. Mm. Um, what are other I mean, you know, all the sort of like basic means I really liked Robin Williams when I was younger. Uh now I like, you know, I, I like Zach Galifianakis. I think he's really funny. Um, but, um, yeah, there's all, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gamble to, to, you know, want to, to do something like that. I, I sort of, I've never really had, um, any sort of backup plan. I don't, uh -huh. I don't have any skills in any other field other than like, you know, filmmaking and, and comedy. Gotcha. So, yeah. you know, so Zach Galifianakis reminds me of you 
in a little a little bit. So like there are certain uh-huh. comedians I can watch and I can relax. Sure, sure. People like you and him, like when I see you sticking your microphone in people's faces in, you know, on the street in New York City or the, you know, the cars who are honking, like I get, I get nervous for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so one of the, one of the things that I really love about the work you do is how scared I would be to do it. Like what sort of person I would have to be or how I would have to you know, adapt, totally. change myself. So where, how did that per part of you come about? Was that just natural or did, did that take a lot of, uh, of work? Well, I mean, um, it's funny. Like last night I was watching Sasha Baron Cohen's new show on Showtime. Have you seen or heard about that? I saw, I, yeah. He is like the ultimate for me in, Oh my God, I could never do that. I, yeah, me too. I watched it. I'm like, how does he, I mean, he, it's crazy. I mean, I, I think he's hilarious. Uh, and, and he's, you know, he, he's great. Um, there's some of the stuff that I watch and I just feel, I, I feel bad for some of the people on his show, you know? And yeah. like, I know that I couldn't take it to that level, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I still, um, I still deal with like anxiety and nerves for sure when performing even, you know, especially like live performing, you know, like I still get anxious. You just sort of got to push through it. But like with those videos, stuff on the street, um, I, I, you know, I like talking to just talking to strangers and stuff like that. I just sort of think of it as like having a a conversation. Um, it's like, so my, my dad passed away like a little over two years ago. And one thing that my mom kept on saying is like, uh, among a lot of things, but she would say how like my dad could talk to anyone, mm. you know? And I think that's sort of a quality I kind of have is that like, just, um, I'm pretty good at like having a, a conversation with, uh, you know, different types of people from all different walks of life, you know? So for those videos, it's, um, yeah, just kind of, you know, having a conversation and trying to, um, throw in some humor there whenever you can. Um, but yeah, man on the street stuff is, is, um, that, you know, that's fun and, and doesn't, uh, doesn't really stress me out too much, you know? Gotcha. So a lot, so, you know, a lot of your videos are sort of man on the street where you're just, observing and you're the you're the eyes and ears of the audience but there's also a whole bunch of stuff and this is the stuff that i really love that you do in which uh-huh. you are sort of taking life to an extreme right right so how, how where did that come from i think um so so i have a, a very sort of minor case of tourette syndrome and obsessive compulsive disorder it's not even really noticeable i have you know friends when I tell them they're like you do I had no idea it's you know it's very mild but one thing that I've read about um you know people the sort of personality type of people with Tourette's is that like they're sort of um attracted to dangerous situations or whatever or like I think that I definitely um I sort of um I don't know if I want to use the word addiction but I do um have fun doing sort of dangerous kind of things, you know, like it's sort of a a rush for me. Uh So like, like with train hopping, um, 
that's like I just love every aspect of it. It's like you know you're 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 sneaking in somewhere, and then you know it's, there's the danger of getting on a moving train, and obviously you have to know what you're doing and be very careful. Um, but it's just um, I just get a real rush from it. It's you know it's exciting and enjoyable. Right, but I want to contrast that with say like Jackass. Where they're yes. doing things that are a rush, but utterly pointless, like going down a hill in a shopping cart right. or, exactly. or taking a shit in a toilet in a Home Depot or something like totally. like your your stuff is is like fascinating to me because of like you're making a comment about right. like to me, it's about like take off the bubble wrap. We have a world in which there's so many more opportunities than we think. And there's so much sure. more freedom. Like I see you train hopping and I'm like, I want to, I want that freedom, whether it's a train or whether it's dumpster diving. It's like, I, I want the freedom to be able to, to cross some of those boundaries. When, when did that start for you? Um, I, you know, I guess I've just always been attracted to that stuff with dumpster diving, uh, growing up, like, we like so I grew up in Southern California and I would go out skateboarding like every day with my friends and it was like very jackass like we had I had a camcorder and we'd go out and film ourselves skateboarding and also doing stupid stuff never really on the level of like you know uh like jackass uh it's not that extreme of a level but we'd go out skateboarding and there was this business park near my house and we used to go dumpster diving in there all the time. We'd go out skateboarding and then we'd like just go dumpster diving and find all this stuff. And, and so ever since then, uh, to me, like dumpster diving is kind of just like going to a flea market where everything is free. You know, you got to dig through some actual garbage and trash, but, um, it's, um, I've just always been into that. And um, I, I don't know. I guess I just like the adventure of it. Um, I remember seeing Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade uh, when I was, I don't know, 10 or something like that. And 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 just like afterwards, like going in my backyard and just being like, I want some crazy adventure to happen right now. You know, <laughs> like I was so jealous. I wanted to do that. So I guess I've always just been like, trying to, to, to find that, you know, crazy adventure that, um, you know, is you just kind of have to look for it or, or, um, you know, take the leap and do something stupid, I guess. Yeah. Now, so I'll, I'll out myself. So yes. when we, we lived in another house in, uh, in Durham before we moved to uh -huh. where we are now and we, yeah. we got some chickens and yeah. so there was a whole foods downtown and they had their, their compost dumpsters, were like the, the kind you wheel, the little plastic ones that were very right. easy. And so we would go and like get greens for our chickens. And mm -hmm. after a while, like we'd find the greens and then we'd find like apples right. and sweet potatoes and organic apples and great. And we're like, yeah. okay, like this is a crime that yes. this stuff is going to get thrown out. And we st like, I got really into it. Yeah. And I felt totally. like saving money, recycling, and it was it was a thrill. It was like if, if you had given me the same amount of money to go buy the stuff in the store, right. I would have said, no, I'd rather dumpster dive. A hundred percent. 
Totally. Yeah, I feel the same way exactly. Like, so with dumpster diving for food, uh, I have a, a good friend who does it a lot. Uh, they still do it. And so she took me out. I always wanted to do a video on dumpster diving. And then I started dumpster diving for food with my friend. And I was like, oh, this will make a great video. So I'm, And I just made the video. And then while editing it, I started to sort of um, do a little more research on food waste and stuff and found out all this stuff. And I sort of added that layer after the fact, you know, um, and and it's, you know, like everybody, I'm like freaked out by climate change. It's like really scary. Um, and then also just all the other things like really upset about rising inequality. And, and, and so it is, it's just absurd that like, you know, so much food is thrown away and there are still people in this country that don't have enough to eat. And it, it is one of those things that's just crazy. And, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, um, but my point is when I first set out to make this video, I was just like, I'm just gonna make a how to video on how to dumpster dive for food. And then adding the layer of like, you know, the sort of politics of it came afterwards. Um, and then, um, from there, I sort of started thinking about those things a little bit more. My mom's also really, uh, active with, um, you know, climate change. She, she works with the Sierra club and like the, uh, citizens climate committee or whatever they go and, uh, you know, lobby Congress and all that. But, um, yeah, I think for all the videos, it's like to add, uh, an extra layer, uh, of politics or commentary makes it a, a little deeper. Like I love jackass. Jackass is hilarious, but I think it, um, just the, 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 the way the world is now, you can't like, you, you just kind of have to sort of, um, put it in a larger context. I think for me, it makes it a more rewarding video and it's things that I really do genuinely care about, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's, I love that you're, you start out because, Hey, this is fun. This, yeah. this is something that would give me a kick because so yeah. much, so like I was talking to my son in preparation and like, what is like, why did he like your stuff so much? What does it mean to him? He's 18 years old. He decided right. not to go to college to, uh -huh. to really like try to take life on, on his own terms. And he sees you as an inspiration. Yeah. I look, I wish I, part of me wishes I didn't, hadn't gone to college. I mean, I had a, a great time and stuff, but um, yeah, I, I think, I, I think about that a lot. If I were to go back, would I, would I go to college or not? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, there's, um, well, also I guess for the, um, for the, uh, train hopping video, it was a similar thing where I just, that's something I always wanted to do and, um, and it was fun and I was like, oh, I should film this and make a cool video. And then while making it as the world is changing and you start to think about your own privilege more, you know, as a, a white guy, it wasn't again in the editing when I decided to add the, um, I don't know if you remember, but there's the hashtag white privilege. Yeah. All the times, all the times you didn't get arrested for right. doing things that, uh, that someone right. who wasn't you would get have gotten arrested for. Right. And, and when those moments happen, I, I, that wasn't really on, 
I wasn't really conscious thinking about it. It was going back and editing it. Um, when you just see how, uh, you know, people of color are treated differently by the police, you can't help but to be like, Oh, I'm just this, I'm just some white guy who's able to do all this stuff. And you know, you have to, um, you have to acknowledge that. I think, you know, I, I get comments from people who are like, that's racist for you to say that. And, you know, to white privilege and blah, blah, blah. And whatever. There's always crazy people on the internet, but, um, but, um, yeah, I just think that you, you can't not acknowledge those things nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I mean, part, part of your, I feel like your persona as a comedian, as a performer, is even if you're pointing out the ridiculousness of other people, you're not excluding yourself. Right. A hundred percent. Right. 100%. So, so you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable there. Exactly. Um, that's, and that's clown school. Clowns have to be vulnerable. That's like the main word you learn from clowning is a clown can be hurt. The joke is on the clown. The joke is not mm. on the audience. And so, yeah, I always want to um, have that be part of it is that like I'm the idiot. The joke's on me. I might learn something. I'm not just trying to be didactic and tell everyone this is what you should think or how you should live or whatever, you know? Right. And that's, you know, as I write, help write books about nutrition and health. And as soon as I catch myself getting into that perspective of the expert, right. like all of a sudden it becomes dry. I sound like an asshole. Whereas if I remember what it was like when I didn't know this and I was learning it and sort of gee whiz, oh, my gosh, look at the mistakes I made all of a sudden that I have then have a connection with my audience again. Totally, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what what is your what does your kid want to do? He uh, what does he like? Uh, what does he want to get into? Well, he's I don't know. He plays classical guitar. He's into um, uh, he'd love to do video and uh -huh. and photography and just I mean, every day he's like some new like, here's how I want to express myself. Here's what I want to explore. Like, so oh. I asked him, like, what 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 do you like about Jeff Seal? What means something to you? He came up with two things. One was yeah. says Jeff goes against the grain. Right. And the other one is Jeff has fun by being a producer rather than a consumer. For sure. Yeah. Um, which, you know, because a lot of like I was you know, following you on YouTube and you've got some videos that have a tremendous um, following. Right. Hundreds mm -hmm. of thousands of views. You also have a bunch of videos that have like 100, 200. Oh, yeah. And I'm watching them and they're brilliant. They're wonder like, like a, it's like a five minute sketch about like the, the apple and the, and the bag of potato chips. And I right. think, like, this is brilliant stuff, and people right. aren't watching it, and I get the feeling, like, you don't really give a shit. It's like, that's, you didn't do it for the views. Like, if you were doing it for the views, you would have some sort of social media strategy. Right, right, right. Well, it's funny. So, um, I, I have a, um, uh, a group, uh, like a, a comedy sort of production group, me and my three good friends, we make a ton of comedy videos. Uh, we have a whole, another YouTube channel. And um, we had this series called Guardian Angels, and it was like <laughs> loosely based, uh, not really, but we sort of took our, the inspiration from, you know, the Guardian Angels. From yeah, you're wearing like, the Curtis Lewa hat. Exactly, exactly. So Curtis Lewa got in touch with us, or his assistant did, and his assistant's like, Curtis Lewa wants to meet with you guys. We're like, no. Oh. Yes, yes. So we're like, <laughs> all right. So we met with him, and he shows up. 
and and he was like a fan of the videos. He really liked them. And uh, he something he said to us that was really funny. He's like, you know what I like about you guys is um, all your videos have like you know one or two hundred views, but you keep making them. And we're like, yep, exactly. We just keep making them. Um, but yeah, all and to be honest, also for my own YouTube channel, I am trying to. Uh, I wish I could just pretend I was pure and I'm just doing, I am doing it just to do, but I am going to try and like get a little bit more. Um, uh, I'm trying to get some more subscribers and stuff so I can kind of like, you know, monetize it and make money and be able to do just that. Yeah. You know, I'm not great at the whole social media stuff or it's not that I'm not great. I just don't want to do it, you know? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm projecting onto you, but I feel like there's a certain integrity to just doing the work that you have to sacrifice, or maybe I think you have to sacrifice to become strategic. Like, how sure. do I, how do I get more people to look at me as opposed right. to I'm just going to do great work? Yes, and, like because you, you, I mean, you have fantastic connections. You're, you're uh, on a, a clip in Broad City with with Ilana oh, right. and Abby. Like you, right, right. you are well respected by some really well respected and accomplished people. And it feels well, like I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's maybe a bit of a stretch, but sure, I'll take that. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Right, but but I mean, there's something like I feel this just in my business that I just want to go around telling the truth, having fun, helping people. And then every so often I'll, I'll like, come upon an article like, here's how you increase your subscriber base with this trick or with sure. this strategy. And yeah. it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Totally, totally. I mean, I think there there are, um, for a lot of videos, like I, it takes a long time for me to edit. I edit and I edit and I edit. And a lot of times I hate the video until the final edit. Huh. And, and, and for me, that's just the only way that they're going to be good is if like, I just take a really long time to edit it. And that's just part of the process. I think, um, I do though want to start putting out stuff on a more regular basis. And so I think that there are videos that I can make that, uh, I don't have to sacrifice the quality. They could just be a little more um, less produced in between the, the the longer, more produced videos that just take time, you yeah. know? Uh, so, but, um, but yeah, the whole, there is a lot of, there are a lot of things that I don't do out of laziness or whatever, reluct reluctance. Um, but um but you're right. I do think at the end of the day, it's like, well, no, I just want to make the good quality stuff. And sometimes that takes time, you know? Mm -hmm. So what, yeah. what are, right now, what are your favorite like types of videos to make in terms of waking up in the morning and being like really excited about going and doing a project? Well, so right now I'm working on, well, I have another train hopping video. I, I, I um, uh, okay. train hop. Yeah, and I ended up going through Durham actually. Um, so I I'm excited about starting editing on that. Um, but I have another video I I'm working on. Um, so in New York they have the um, 
the hundred they they put out the hundred worst landlords list once a year, and so we're going. I have two friends that I'm working with, and we're going to these buildings that these landlords um, uh, own. We're talking to the residents there, and you know the stuff they have to put up with these awful landlords, and then we're gonna go and sort of try and talk to these landlords, kind of like uh, you know Michael Moore, Roger <laughs> me type of thing. Yeah. So. I'm really excited about that um, because, like, you know, I don't know if you saw my honking video. Yes. Um, like, I liked that. I thought it was fun. I thought it was very funny. And, and I do – I was actually just – earlier today, Some someone just honked so loudly. It made me jump and just made me so pissed off. I really do hate honking. Um, but on the other hand, I, I do want to start um, – tackling more meaty issues you know honking is a quality of life thing it's annoying but i think i'm I'm excited about this new video where housing in new york housing everywhere uh every city in america is a huge issue and it's you know part and parcel of inequality and so uh, i'm excited about taking on like a more uh meatier sort of heavy subject with more like larger consequences and like the hope being that like it will you know shed uh, a light on these awful landlords and 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 what they're doing to their tenants and and you know the best case scenario is is that it affects some sort of change probably not who knows but that's you know the hope obviously right, so right. I, I, i'm excited about that um, th- those two videos I'm very excited about. And then stuff with, um, I'm going to start making, uh, more videos with my comedy group bankrupt. Uh, we're going to start working on a feature length film. I'm excited about. Oh, cool. I yeah. just want to say about the, the honking video. I yes. mean, so, I mean, I loved it. And the, yes. one of the things that I loved is that you, you know, you're getting in people's faces, but you're sort of curious you're you're not atta- you're not attacking them. You're just taking their statements at face value, and then you're immediately interposing it with this expert, this psychologist yes. who's been studying for forty years, who immediately sort of contradicts and puts into context. Uh, totally right. I like when she says, like, you know, you get used to it, and she says, when people when you say people get used yeah. to it, they're not right. getting used to it. Really, they're yeah. they're suffering. And well, yeah, Go ahead. yeah, and just and so like. I understand you, you know, the idea of getting into meteor issues, but this to me seems to be sort of a great entry into this idea of this is something that everybody puts off with. Nobody thinks anything of. And this is like your signature is like, this is not normal. And we could do something about it if we raised our consciousness and you're doing it through, through this in your face comedy. Totally. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I do like, I love a story that's sort of like hidden in plain sight. You know, it's like, we all know that there's honking, but we just accept it, uh, you know, but like, what if you just did something about that right in the moment or, you know, uh, food, like we walk past these, these big dumpsters filled with perfectly good food every day without realizing it. Um, but with that video, yeah, Arlene bronze app, um, it was amazing. We went and shot um, the footage of me talking to the uh, drivers and then interviewed Arlene and she's been 
in this field for 40 years, so it was sort of uncanny how everything she said related to exactly what we found when we went and talked to people. Because she's been doing it for 40 years, so she's heard every excuse. She knows everything. And so it just matched up uh, perfectly. But then also what you're saying about like not wanting to attack the people. Um, like there, there's sort of a, a quote my mom told me. My mom and my dad both used to be like very active communists back in the 70s. They were like Maoists. <laughs> so my mom told me this quote. Uh, something, I, I don't know the exact wording of it, but Mao said something like, don't turn the people against the people. And so it's like, I don't like the idea of shaming individuals. So I don't want to be like, you're wrong for honking. It's more just like uh, having a, a, a non-judgmental ju non conversation with them. And if there's anything you attack, it's, you know, the... Um, the sort of system that allows that, not the individuals. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I love, it was hilarious where you're trying to figure out like who honked. Oh, he honked. No, it wasn't me. It was the red truck. Right. It, I literally, I, I couldn't, no one would admit to it. It was like, I couldn't figure that out. Yeah. No, totally. Right. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I thought of when I, when I was watching that and that, you know, is reinforced by you're saying you're going to talk to this hundred worst landlord buildings is that yes. the, you're doing the job that the news media isn't. Right. Well, there um, it has been covered. The New York Times did do uh, a really good series of articles on it. Um, and the, the media is covering it, maybe not as much as they should. What my hope with this video is, is we'll make something entertaining and funny and shareable. So someone who might not s sit down and read a four-part long form uh, uh, piece in the New York Times might like be like, oh, watch this video. This guy goes and fucks with some landlords, you know, and to make it a little more entertaining and palatable than a like long, dry, um, you know, journalistic piece. Right. And, I was, and I was thinking about like, you know, the news at 10, which for sure, which, yes. 10, you know, it's, it's pretty corporate. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's more like softer, you know, or, or like there's a car crash, that kind of stuff, for sure. Right. So they're looking they're looking for the things that are not hidden in plain sight. They're looking for this is extreme. This is going to get everyone's attention. This is, totally. you know, this we can do a, a teaser between six and seven and people will tune in at 10. Exactly. And and you're again, you're 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 introducing people to sort of the uh, the involutions of their city, the things that are right there totally. that that they're not that they're not aware of, and becoming aware of it. Like as soon like when I started getting into dumpster diving, I felt like uh -huh. there was a difference between me and all my suburban friends who hadn't been initiated. Totally. Like, like sure. I was, I'm seeing a different city than they are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there. Yeah, there. There's. I mean, that's one thing that's great about you know any city but also is you know there's there's everyone's got their own different story you know and there are a lot of people who have no choice but to dumpster dive for their food i mean for me it was a choice there was a period where i was broke and i was like this will help you know what i'm saying right. uh -huh. um but um but yeah it is 
you know, like it, you see when you're doing it, you see the people who need to do it or who choose to do it. And then the people just walking past going to like a nightclub or something. It's definitely, right. yeah, two different worlds. Right. And in some of the dumpster diving videos, you offer it to sort of, you know, people walking down the street and right. how inconceivable it is for them to, to like, ugh. but it's like it's wrapped. It's it's obviously clean and and fresh and fine. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, my friend who's been doing it for years. Sorry. I don't know if you're getting my phone dings. That's um, right. It's, uh, it's, it's realism. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, what was I talking about? Yeah. My friend, she's been doing it for years. Um, you know, much longer than me. She's never gotten sick from doing it. Whereas she has gotten food poisoning from restaurants, you know, <laughs> It really is like I don't know of anyone who has gotten food poisoning from uh, dumpster diving, you know, um, and it, it is. Yeah, it's, it's wrapped. It's fine. Even some of the stuff that's not wrapped, if it's not dirty, it's still OK, you know. Yeah. And, and like so like my kids um, took this like survival course from this local guy and one, you know, he taught them, you know, like. You know, living in a tent and getting water and like, you know, yeah. making your own. T but one of the things he taught them was dumpster diving. And they, nice. bo they both came away with this idea that the, like the less I need to like, the more I can live at that level, the less right. I'm a, a slave. And I'm yes. using the word advisedly, but sure, sure. I, the less I am reliant and beholden on the system, the less I have to worry about, um, sort of conforming sure. because if I don't need, you know, if there's so much free stuff, like there's like, there's, there's freedom in free. Right. Like if I can dumpster dive, yeah. then I don't need to chase a paycheck to the same extent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I like that. There's freedom in free. That's, I might steal that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like I try to have a, a deliberately unsophisticated palate. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like the the more sophisticated your palate is, the harder you are to please, or the harder it is to satisfy yourself. But yeah, I mean, it's like you know, uh, I'm 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 getting more into um, you know, sort of I'm reading this book right now about socialism, and I'm getting more involved with the Democratic Socialists of America, and it is that idea of like you know the. You know, you think of as the West liberal democracies have beating, um, you know, the, you know, communism in the East. But there is a certain we, we think we're free in capitalism. And, and of course, we are more than, you know, sort of the Soviet Union. But there you're free to choose whatever job you want in theory. But you have to work these you know, crappy jobs just to pay your rent, just to, um, you know, buy groceries and stuff. So there, there, it, it's not as much of a freedom necessarily as we think, you know, uh, in, in sort of where we are at now with capitalism and all that. Yeah, it's funny. I was just, I have a Facebook friend whom I've never actually met, Corey Robin, who's I think is a oh. pr professor at, I think, Brooklyn College. Okay, and yeah. he just wrote a piece this week in the New York Times about yes. Uh, yes, talked about that in there too. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just I'm just pulling up the. It says under capitalism, we're forced to enter the market just to live. 
The libertarian right. sees the market as synonymous with freedom, but socialists right. hear the market and think of the anxious parent desperate not to offend the insurance representative on the phone. Under capitalism, we're forced to submit to the boss. So that this, exactly. uh, this idea that we're, we're free under a market doesn't right. really hold true when you're when when the market kind of has you by the balls. Exactly. That's what I was basically I think that's what I was trying to paraphrase. I had read that exact thing. What he, he said it better. What he said is what I was trying to say. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I think that's, you know, the situation a lot of people are finding themselves in is, yeah, capitalism has got us by the the short and curlies, you know. Yeah. So I want to get back to something else you said, which I, I just adore. You said you try to have an unsophisticated palate. Yes. And so you know, most of my work is around health and trying to get right. people to eat healthier. And you think I would have thought that what I want is to get people to be more sophisticated in their palate. But it's exactly right. the opposite. I'm finding like, right. you know, be OK with potatoes. Yes. Be OK yeah. with, with with like beans and rice, with greens, with yep. si simple foods, as totally. opposed to needing all your your giggles, shits and giggles and jollies from like, I think I need to make a gourmet meal all the time. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like um, that. That's that like it, that's a sort of cliche. And I think maybe it was um, not what you said, what I'm about to say um, that maybe Anthony Bourdain said is just like the best food is just good ingredients cooked simply. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? And that's something like I think I um I lost a bunch of weight this summer and a lot of it was from riding my bike, but it was also just from cooking more and and it was just like just cooking you know, real sort of food and just eating that, like I without even trying, lost some some weight. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. But I, I, yeah, I do like that idea of like, there's so many, I, you know, I ran into a friend at the gym and he's like, I got this new thing. You know, you, you confuse your body by working out on Tuesdays and then eat food only with amino acid and your brain thinks it's a protein. So it start your pancreas does backflips and it's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Just eat fruits and vegetables, you know, like eat fruits and vegetables and if if you want to get in shape, go outside and run until you get tired. If you want to build muscle, lift weights until your muscles are sore. Like that's my philosophy. I'm not like a health person, but it's just like just eat real fucking food. That's to me, it seems like that is, you know, the at the basis of it. Right. Yeah. And again, you know, you're not a health person. I am. And I say exactly the same thing. And it's taken right. me. 25 years to learn it because again it's hidden in plain sight because you know it's hard to sell a book saying yeah. just go and run and eat eat food right we we need to, we believe we need these hacks like our bodies are somehow these broken machines that we need to constantly trick into being right. healthy totally totally sorry i just told my friend to stop texting me i don't That's i don't know right. the buzzing without getting rid of the audio uh, I'm, I guess I could just quit this thing. Anyways, oh, uh, the, anyway, no, the, yeah. ding, the dinging is fine. The dinging is adding. Every, everyone who's listening is checking their phone every 10 I seconds. Know, that's the thing. Exactly. I've had that happen to me. I'm listening to the podcast. You hear the ding. And I'm like, oh, oh, no, that was them. But um, uh, so, yeah, exactly. It's like, um, well, I mean, I remember like, you know, growing up in the 90s, it was like the Mediterranean diet was 
the healthiest diet. And then I remember reading recently again, they're like, yep, that's still the healthiest diet. Not, not the healthiest, but it's still healthy. Um, and then I read something else in the New York Times where it's like they did something where it's like if people ate real whole foods, whole grains, all that stuff, they could almost eat as – you can eat until you're full and they still lost weight right. compared to other stuff. But yeah, it, it's – I, I, I think I would go crazy if I was always trying to like chase the next sort of thing. It's just like they come out with the new science for so much stuff so often, but there are certain things it's like, no, fruit and vegetables, whole grains, done. Just, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and again, your, you know, your work and the way you look at the world, it seems, is like this is all distraction. This is all, you know, I remember the, the, my favorite quote probably of all time from Frank Zappa saying like the, you know, politics is the entertainment arm of the military industrial complex. That's hilarious. But it's yeah. it, it's like it's bigger than that. It's like everything is the entertainment arm of the economic system. A hundred percent. Yes. And, you know, your work is kind of like um, X-ray into like, here's what's really going on. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think. um Ideally, that's, uh, you know, that that would be like the, uh, a great video for me is to like, yeah, you know, shed a light on something that is, yeah, like I said, hidden in plain sight. And uh, you you any piece of art that makes makes you look at the world differently, I think, is great. You know, like when you learn a new word and then you keep hearing it everywhere, uh -huh. if you see a piece of art and then you start noticing the world differently, I, I think is that's always, uh, you know, a goal to, 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 to strive for. Beautiful. So I'm really inspired because I have so much that I want to point out, like all the bullshit. And I feel, right, right. I feel like I, I've gotten into the habit of doing it in kind of an experty pedantic way. And sure, I really, sure. and I really want to be, um, inspired by the way you do it because it seems a more fun and be more effective. Can, right. Right. So what are some, what are some, uh, if I could pick your brain, like what have you learned in your life in performance and comedy that helps uh -huh. you that, that you would give as advice to someone who wanted to further the mission of of sharing, you know, truth and, and pointing out bullshit? Right. Um, I think, you know, like for me um, uh, is 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 when you have a palpable passion or enthusiasm for something that comes off, you know, like that, um, that helps, you know, what it is you're trying to get across. You know, it's like when you're genuinely excited uh, about what it is you're talking about, um, that 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 rubs off on the viewer, whoever it is you're trying to, you know, mm -hmm. communicate with. Um, I think uh, what, what was the question? And you like how to? Well, what, yeah. What What have you learned from from performance and comedy <laughs> right. that that someone like me or other other people who are change agents, right? Who, who tend you know we tend to get real serious, right? Like yes. I've said this a thousand times. The world is is boiling itself. The, you know everything's right. gone to shit, and and you're more effective in like spreading the message because you have these skills and insights and experiences as an entertainer. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like I was saying, uh, you know, having a sort of palpable enthusiasm and passion for what you're talking about, uh, be, 
just, you know, performing like comedy 101 is if you're having fun, they're having fun. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. If, uh, you know, if you're, if what you're, if you've, if you got sort of, uh, if you're clearly enjoying talking about what it is you're talking about, that rubs off on the audience as well, you know? Um, and I think in terms of um, uh, comedy comedy and clowning, uh, like you said, being vulnerable. It's not like, uh, no one, I, don't, I, I hate being didactic in any way, and especially in comedy. You see a, a lot of, comedy now maybe more sort of like internet stuff where it's very didactic and there's a lot of stuff where i'm like i agree with you a hundred and ten percent with the politics of what you're saying but i feel a little lectured too you know what i'm saying yeah i think um i like i want to make a video at some point where i approach a subject with um uh, a thesis and then it's complete. I'm completely proven wrong by the end of it. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like I want to, you know, learning or accepting that you don't know everything. You could be wrong. Um, I think that just also makes for for better art. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, if like, you know, in terms of fiction, a movie that you don't quite understand the ending you're going to talk about that longer than if it's spelled out for you. So like in terms of just going, I mean, it might, I don't know how that would relate to health education. You probably can't have an ambiguous ending, but just like, you know, like, uh, ambiguity. I mean, I'm getting a little off topic here, but ambiguity in art, I think is, is, uh, more interesting, but just not, you know, uh, being didactic, being vulnerable and and willingness to accept that maybe you're wrong in terms of comedy, I think that those yeah. are approaches I like to take. Well, I think it, it, it's a total match because if you think about like science, yes. like what we know about science has always been wrong. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, like for for me to come out and say, okay, now I now we know exactly how nutrition works and how you how we should eat. You know, like in a hundred years, they'll be like, you know, laughing in their coffee at how stupid we were. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's like what I was saying before, where it's like if you follow every new diet or whatever, you'll you'll go crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, to- I totally can see how being vulnerable and being, you know, just as role modeling for my audience, if they're all fixed and like, oh, this is, you know, keto is the way to go or the, right. you know, work out on Tuesday and then give my pancreas backflips on Thursday is the <laughs> thing to do. And everyone's locked into this idea right, that, right, that right. For, for me to model, like, we really don't know. There's not much evidence, but here's what seems to be true. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. You, did you say keto? Keto, like the ketogenic thing that like all these people are like, you know, eating only meat and. Oh, like the paleo diet. Yeah. Like, okay, totally. Right, right, right. Right. Like, like they just, they they just found like uh, toasted breads in some cave somewhere. Yeah. So they're like, well, if you're going to do the paleo diet, they, they ate bread. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, 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 to be, to, to look at the whole, like to, to look at the whole evidence, but also look at common sense. Right. Like. Which is, right, like, um, I don't know, just looking at the whole world. 
So one, right. you know, one of the things you do in your videos is you make connections. Right, right. Right. And I don't know if you do it in post or while, you know, while it's happening, but you're looking at, well, this is true for this specific situation. What does it mean for how can this inform the way I live my life? Totally. Yes. I mean, uh, a lot of it is definitely act, done in post for sure. Like um, for me, that's another reason why I, you know, take such a long time editing is um for some, for a lot of the videos, there's no script. You know what I'm saying? I mm -hmm. have sort of an idea and we go out, but the writing of it happens in the editing. And, and that's when, yeah, more connections are made and more, you know, sort of, uh, con contact, uh, you know, context and all that stuff. Um, although, um, for this video I'm doing now, I'm trying to go in with, more sort of um a little bit more of a of a stronger sort of outline or arc for what we want um more so than i've done in the past just because it's sort of a bigger thing and there's a lot more to it uh-huh gotcha yeah. so to, to conclude i just have like a um an in, insider baseball question about how you produce some of the videos so there's sure. some where you're walking through the streets of new york you're yes. not you're not holding a mic you're not obviously mic'd the camera is moving right. backwards and you sound really good. Is yeah. that, is that like a, someone's walking with a boom mic over your head or how are you doing that? Sometimes, but a lot of that's probably a, a lav mic. All right. I, know? I missed it. I didn't, I was looking for it, but I didn't see it. Oh yeah. It's probably, yeah. Uh, under it's underneath my shirt. I'll like, uh, tape it to like my chest basically. Okay. So yeah, a lot of it is, a lot of that is uh lav mics for sure. Although I'm, I think the same thing too, because um, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen Casey Neistat's videos, right? Yeah. His audio is always so good, and I guess it's just from the he's got a great shotgun mic attached to his camera, because I'm like he can't be loving up for every one of those videos. I, I'm curious how he gets good audio on a lot of his stuff. He'll be on his bike going down the city, and I'm like, is that just from his shotgun mic? I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's funny have doing doing sort of um, podcast and video. Like I look at everything. Like how? Where's the mic? How's exactly, hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, I, I see movies and I'm like, how are they getting such good audio? It's like this is a hurricane going on. Like it doesn't look like they dubbed it afterwards. Yeah, but it's like yeah, after you do it yourself, you know, you you go outside and try and film something. There's a light breeze and like the audio's like, and then you see them on a movie. You're like. You're on a boat. Like, how are you getting this freaking audio? Like, and you're not wearing a shirt. Like, where? Right. How do they do I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess some, somebody has very expensive shotgun mics somewhere. I guess so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, totally. Well, cool. So this, this, this part of the conversation is going to interview is going to interest just a few people. For sure. So, for sure. Uh, oh, but, totally, uh, yeah. But the, sound, the sound nerds. It's my podcast. What the hell? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah. So this has been such a fun conversation. I've been looking forward to this. I've been, you know, watching your videos and talking with my son, which, you know, it's great to, to be able to interact with him at, on such a, a concrete and, and deep level. So I really want to thank you for the work you do for allowing us that opportunity. Cool. Thanks, man. That's, that's really cool. Uh, uh, awesome thing for you to say. Like, like you said, some of my videos only have like 50 views. So to hear someone say something like that is, is super cool. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and you never know. You never know where it's going to go. 
Exactly. Exactly. Right? Who you know who, who those fifty people are and what they take away and how their lives have changed. A hundred percent. That's one of the great things about the internet. It could be fifty people anywhere in the world. You never know. Right. Like when I was starting to podcast, and I just had you know maybe like a hundred listeners, a hundred subscribers, and I was very you know. <laughs> disappointed. And and, right. and and then someone said, suppose you could get 100 people to come to an auditorium and talk to them once yes. a week. Like, 100%. would you do it? I'm like, hell yeah. 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 I think about that with videos, too. It's like, oh, 200 views. Like, I've, I haven't performed in front of 200 people that often in my life. So that, that would be a good audience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, regardless of what strategies you use to get more subscribers and monetize, um, I just, you know, I think, the world of your work, I think it's uh, it's opening people's minds and and hearts. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'll put links to to your website and to the uh, awesome. your YouTube channels. And cool. I think you know the world's a better place for more people uh, getting getting infected with your mindset. Awesome, thanks, man. Thank you so much for saying that and having me. I had a great time talking to you. So yeah, thank you so much. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. Let's uh, let's stay in touch. If I'll, I'll, I'll look you up if I'm in Brooklyn, maybe I'll tell you as you do a video, and I'll learn a few yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Yeah, and and send a link to to this when it goes up too. Will do. We'll awesome. Do. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Be well. All right. Three cheers for comedy, for vulnerability, for passion, for an adventuresome spirit. Thanks for listening to this interview with Jeff Seal. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you are a fan of the podcast and you'd like to support our mission, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about WellStart Health and our 12-week health retreat, virtual health retreat, our health intensive, whatever we're calling it this week, check out WellStartHealth.com. And if you'd like to dive deeper into Jeff's work, you can do so in the show notes of today's episode, which again is plantyourself.com slash 286. If you're new to this show, you can catch up on 285 archived episodes over at plantyourself.com. Speaking of supporting the show, I would love it if you were to become a patron and you can do so by going to patreon.com, searching for plant yourself, or you can go to plantyourself.com and look for the Patreon link in the right sidebar. Both will take you to the same place where you can make an ongoing monthly contribution and become a legitimate financial supporter of the show. I understand that not everyone can do this. In fact, one of the things I love about podcasting is that there are almost no financial barriers to people consuming this information. So if you're one of those people who actually could pay something for it and know that your work is actually subsidizing thousands of people, because there's thousands of people who listen to this show for every uh, subscriber, for everyone who becomes a patron, that your money is really going quite a long way towards helping this information become more accessible to people. I was just listening to a Sam Harris podcast with his guest, uh, Jaron Lanier, Lanier, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. Um, Jaron writes about technology, and he's um, quite radical in a lot of his views. And one of the things he says that goes against almost everything that I heard when I was coming up in the internet was he doesn't believe that information should be free. In fact, he thinks it's a form of exploitation of people who produce valuable information, valuable things, things that change people's lives, if we insist that everything has to be free. 
So, for example, he talks about these incredibly valuable content platforms like Facebook, like Instagram, like Google, like LinkedIn, where the platforms themselves produce nothing. It's people like you and me who produce all the value. And yet it's a very, very small number of people who are reaping all the benefit and or at least find the financial benefit. And it got me thinking um, to become more uh, strident and overt in asking people to support this show. If you find it valuable, if you find media valuable and not all media is equally valuable and you find some more useful than others, more inspiring, more truthful, more in line with your values and what you want to happen in the world, then Jaron kind of emboldened me to really challenge you to put your money where your mouth is. The truth is this podcast is my donation to the world and the money that I get back in the form of patrons is a small percentage of, of what I put out in terms of the time, in terms of the financial commitment of equipment and hosting, and in terms of the economic gain that I forego by doing this. So, Jaron, thank you, if you're out there listening to this, um, for emboldening me to say, you know what, information, this, this podcast is free. It's not supported by advertising. So my goal here is not to have some advertiser bend your free will around a product. My goal is to give you more free will to make the decisions to take to make the choices to take the actions that you want to take to help make the world the way you want it. And if one of those decisions is to pony up and go to patron patreon.com and support this podcast, uh, I am going to be bolder about encouraging you to do so. All right. In garden news, the grapes are ready. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, also in garden news, there are these flowers. I think they're called, um, oh, what is it, butterfly peas, something like that. They're bright blue, and uh, we're, we're harvesting about 50 or 60 of them a day and drying them. And they make tea when you pour hot water into it or even cold water that turns a really deep cobalt blue. And then you've got a... Um, an acid to that, it turns sort of a, a pinkish purpley color, like uh, if you ever if you ever did those uh, acid base tests with the uh, cabbage juice in science class, I think it's the same sort of thing. All right. In running news, I'm working up to zone two. I think I discovered that my zone two is actually a lot faster and more heartbeats per minute than I was thinking. I think it's uh, actually in the 30s, not in the teens or 20s. So I'm I'm working back up to that. All right, time for some thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use Sabali Dawn, The Dance of Peace as the theme music for this show. Check out willridenauer.com for more of his beautiful color music. And last, thanks to all of you podcast patrons. Got a couple of new ones this week, so listen carefully to the end. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Mara, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hathley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Burns, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Aaron, Jen Blakanovsky, David Isaac, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elizabeth Felton, Victoria Dolan, Obelaya, Staller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrew, Josina, Julianne Rollins, Dual Dolan, Sarah Durkis, Rosa Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Wayne Pedersen, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Franzek, Jeanette Pettin, Gila Sayer, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Dorona Vizov, Gio and Carolyn Ajitati, Jody Kriesner, Ruth Ann Ponderbrook, Misha Rosen, Michael Lorabeck. 
The Equally Mysterious, Tracy Z, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lenneman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Stephanie Holmes, Martha Bergner, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Ahmad, Molly Levine, The Inscrutable, Harry R., Susan Laverty, The Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Ashley Corcoran, Kelly Machia, Dia Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plan Happy Organ, Sabina, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davis, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Shell Rutledge, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Brian Sheridan, Jay, Karen Shannon, Hirschman, Kate Rosalind, Ayat, Julie Lang, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzan, Walk on the Ain Line, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Aviva Lal, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski of Plant Power for Health, Karen Smith, Carmen Rani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Kelly Baker, Miracle, and Jesse Cheryl Dwyer, Sherry Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Diva, Joshua Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Dan, Darby Kelly, Lori Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Deb Cassia, Emily Iconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan Picorni, and Stephen Leenan for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my friends. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willridenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barnes, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Filkonofsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Kerr Adams, Tom Fronsek, Jeanette Benham, Gil Lacerte, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Toronto Vizo, Gio and Carol Argentati, Jody Friesner, Ruthann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious Tracy Z, Aviva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, and Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, the Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Shannon, Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzumak, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis... Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divid, Joshua Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Leenan. Patty Martino, Mike and Donna Cards, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashford, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullish, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt. Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidorowska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Abedable Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends.